What's up? Welcome to the Sean Salisbury Show here on the Believe Network. I'm Adam Sager. He is Sean Salisbury. Talking a lot of football, but Sean, before we get to bet online, what's the buzz there around Houston? Astros take the 3-2 lead last night with a 3-2 victory. Uh, great play by Chaz McCormick there late in the game. The leaping wall at the catch. Jeremy Pena comes up big again in the playoffs and hits the home run. Uh, just what's the buzz there? Are they ready for their finally get that second one after 2017 they are uh, their bullpen has been fantastic all years i mean other than montero little hiccup they yeah. have been dominant the entire year um they the verlander thing you know just takes that what it will but what off the resume i'm sure mm-hmm. that felt good to him and to have two guys mccormick making a great play in center field he's hit like 250 in the series he's come up big in the playoffs with some hits yeah. but and then Trey Mancini, who's struggling at the plate to still make a great play at first base with Yuli out. And Pena, you know what they're all saying is that the the Correa's not missed one ounce, and he hasn't been. He's got the you know the postseason, another one. Well, right. leadership. Well, Pena keeps hitting. He keeps hitting clutch home runs, playing great defense, rookie gold glove winner. They feel good, and I think they feel really good because Fromber's going, and he, with a sinker ball, keeps the ball in the ballpark, oh. which is a specialty of – a lot of ground balls in the game. I think they're going to have a hard time winning two in Houston. Now it's capable. Hell, we've seen it before yep. from other teams. But I, I would think that – I don't think they're feeling uh, overly comfortable, meaning the fans. I think they're feeling fairly secure that they can win one or two and feel great about it. But, you know, until you get that last out, there's still that trepidation. But uh, this has been the best team in the American League all year long for the most part. They just have been. So I think it's a it, it's a validation to go get this, and you know, with what happened in seventeen, there's that extra incentive mm-hmm. to say, "See, we're still good." And I couldn't root harder for Dusty Baker, and I think a lot of people feel the same way. I uh, I think they're feeling pretty pretty confident, yet not comfortable because they haven't won it. But with Frommer going to the mound, you have a guy who isn't going to win the Cy Young, but very well could have if Verlander wouldn't didn't have the season he had. Yeah, it's uh it's been a great run for them, and it will continue because of that pitching uh, yep, you know they're no going to be good for years Dominant. because they got those four young guys if they want to keep them now we'll see what happens but uh they should be good but as always <laughs> and segs real quick yeah, real quick ahead. though javier javier's the most talented pitcher on that staff i've, I've been I'm saying that since you, as far as pure raw skills yeah when when he came up in 2020 when we were still doing the show together there in houston i said he's got the best stuff uh, even as when he was young and just coming in, kind of doing spot starts out of the you know out of the bullpen, and he's still not a full time starter because they don't have room for him, which is insane to me. And that's kind of where I was. I'm wondering, like, do they because they did struggle on offense really bad at times no this question. season, and, and they need the, another piece to that offense. And that's what I'm wondering: do they take? you know, Luis Garcia or Christian Javier and, and maybe move them because you still have McCullers. You are going to bring back JV most likely. And then you have Framber and, and uh, I'm missing one. Um, I forgot who I'm missing, but Framber or Katie or is the other Urquidy. one. Maybe hey, you move or yep. Uh but I think Javier and Luis Garcia have so much more value than or um, that they could go out and get a real piece for that offense if it's a center fielder or something like that. Uh, but they're, they're going to be they're, good. Yeah, I think what they do say is, one, if they're going to move one, or Keedy would be first if they could get 
They won 13 games this year, so he's been yeah. good. A Garcia, more value. Obviously, Javier off the charts value. I think he's become untouchable now. And right now, if you're starting the 2023 season, you're going to run Verlander or Fromber out there first. Verlander, mm-hmm. you win the side. Fromber, your number three starter is Javier. And yeah. that's ahead of McCullers. That's what, yes, I'm just telling I, I you. Agree. It, it, I've me, never, it is. And then, you know, I've never been a McCullers fan. I, I think he's solid, but I just I don't think he has. And with all the injuries and everything, he's got really good stuff, but you just can't trust him. And and it just never seems to hit that, you know, that peak. Kind of like Correa. Same thing. But they paid Lance McCullers, and that's the difference. Right. Right. And with with Javier, real quick, Segs, I'm he's capable with 30 starts of leading baseball and strikeouts. He's that oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he only has sure. two, you know, he has two pitches. He hasn't even, uh, he didn't even really throw a third. He got third and fourth, but they're like yeah. 8%. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. he is, and he's 94, 95, but it's such late life and he hides the ball well. It feels like it's 100. And with movement, he just, I'm telling you, this dude, when you make him a full time starter, he's a Cy Young skill set. He's that yep. good. And we'll see what goes on. But yeah, the fans here are feeling pretty good. And I am too. And like I said, I, I'm giddy for Dusty Baker. He's been a longtime friend and a Hall of Fame manager. And this will this not that he needs validation, but championships seem to validate people. And hopefully yeah. he'll get it. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's the final icing on the cake yeah, there absolutely. for Dusty Baker if if they can pull this off. Uh, but as always, we're brought to you by Bet Online. We sure are. Basketball is also back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting um, needs this season. Right. Um, you'll always be uh, available and they'll always have the latest odds, matchups, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether it's the NFL or NBA, National Hockey League, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to Bet Online AG to join and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code Believe. That's B L E A V to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. As always, thank you to Bet Online. All right, Sean, we saw the Eagles stay unbeaten last night with a twenty nine seventeen win over the Texans. Everybody expected them to beat the Texans, and Jalen Hurts continues to play well, just doing what he needs to do. A.J. Brown gave him that number one target, and he's played like a number one all season long. The running game's doing just enough, and the defense is very good. And, uh, you know, 8 no. what are your, like, each week, do your expectations change? Or are they just kind of the same for the Eagles? They're the class of the NFC, and but you're not sure if they can beat the Chiefs or Bills. Uh, how do you look at this? Still thing? not. Yeah, still not sure if they can beat the Chiefs or Bills if they're all at their best. Right. I, I I would still take the Bills first, Chiefs second, but the Chiefs and Eagles are, to me, all three of them are pretty well bunched together. It's going to be five, six plays in a game, which also happened last night. I, I have come to expect it. Their defense is nasty, which we've talked about. They didn't play their, their best last night, but they forced a couple Mills picks. They didn't stop the run as well, but Pierce is – it's clear that Pierce is the best player on the on the Texans. Period. Yeah, offense, especially on the offensive side, it's not even close. And dynamic kid and a rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. 
But in offense, I think Hertz is such a good decision maker, Sags. And he's been efficient, you know, at times, if not spectacular. Didn't even have to crush him with his legs last night, 20-something yards rushing. But and, and A.J. Brown had, what, four catches, had the touchdown. But it was just solid all the way around. Did enough to go on the road in a, you know, an environment where you thought, okay, what's it going to be like? Your Phillies are playing. The Astros are going. It's Thursday night. And they went and took care of the business. They beat bad teams, and they beat good teams, which is a sign, even though it was closer within the spread that people expected. But I'll tell you this, and it's the typical Texans play pretty well in a lot of spots, but two or three interceptions or turnovers, two picks last night, no no need. The one before halftime, he did not need to do that. Right. that poor decision for Davis Mills. Then he'll play, and you'll think, damn, the guy's good. Kirk Herbstreet texted me this morning because he did the game last night. He goes, man, you know, he he's going good, and then a couple of – because he shows flashes, Segs, and you're trying to wait for him to grab it around the throat and say, this is my job. And then five or six plays a game, whether it's him, a missed tackle – uh, blown coverage ends up costing them. So they hang around and it's not moral victory. There are some things to like, but one six and one's nothing to like. And Brandon Cooks, by not showing up last night, was Bush League and cowardice and weak because he's frustrated. Nah, man, doesn't cut it. I don't know when a time we, we, we've decided that, you know, it's okay. You're frustrated. Just stay home. His ass wouldn't have got a paycheck. His ass would I mean, he wouldn't get a paycheck next week when he wants to come back. No, no, you go ahead and sit this one out. We'll, we'll, we'll decide when you come back. Yeah. So just because of frustration, oh, hell no. Weak-ass move by Brandon Cooks, and he doesn't just get to waltz back in there. And if you're a teammate and you accept that, then then you're more pathetic, and maybe that's the reason you're 1-6-1. and one. Right, exactly. And, yeah, I had such a problem with him sitting the game out after not getting traded. I understand he wanted to get traded again later in his career. but I understand his frustration. Know, he also Save signed it. a contract. He, he right. signed the contract that has the 18 million guaranteed next year or whatever, you know, $18 million salary next year, whatever it is, however it worked out. And that was the, you know, there was reports that Dallas was interested, but Dallas didn't want that money next year. And, and you know what you signed the contract with a team that you knew wasn't going anywhere. He knew the Texans weren't going to be good. He still signed because he wanted the money. And then, you know what, you don't get your way. Well, I'm going to pout and go home. Well, then you know what? Go home the rest of the season. That's what I'd say. Stay home. You, you don't get paid. Yeah. I, I just don't get he's been a good guy at places he's been. He's been a pro. He's been productive. And he never seems to be disruptive. And yet this comes along. It's like I understand if somebody was having a his wife was having a baby or he was he was sick, you know what I'm saying? Or any of those things. But save the what we want to save space. That's what are we, the fourth grade now? No, we guess save it. Yeah, just save the not but, that he said it, but it feels it feels so cowardice to me yeah. to go, hey, why aren't you playing? Well, I'm a little frustrated. I thought I was getting traded. Dude, save it. When did we get to the point sports where we just did it and kind of blew it away? And no no big deal. Yeah, we support him as a teammate. I know he's frustrated. thought he was getting traded. Guess what? We're all frustrated. Everybody wants to get in the right, right. seat. Everybody wants to win. I get it. But this, to me, you wanted to, you could drop eight balls in a game, and I'd respect you more than this. Why didn't you show up, dude? Well, I was frustrated that I didn't get traded, and I'm going to take my ball and go home. I'd take your ball. See, I, I wouldn't cut him, Segs. You want to know why? Oh, yeah. Because then would get in yeah, he gets what somewhere. he wants. Because yeah. he's a good player. I would, I would, he would not get paid. He'd be suspended for conduct detrimental for, mm-hmm. for being a, a, a horse's ass teammate. That's what that is. I don't care yeah. what he's done before. I'm talking about last night. 
you owe it to those guys to show up that are battling their ass off. So is it okay if Davis Mills takes next week off because he's feeling a little frustrated, Sags, because Cooks wasn't there? Right, so right, let's right. just give him the night off? No. P.S. There's no, there's 100% reasons why he should have been, and there's zero reason why he shouldn't have. Yeah, and one thing is, you know, he this would have been, what, his fourth time being traded? Yes. I, I mean, there's obviously something about him that rubs teams the wrong way because the dude has put up numbers, but everywhere he's gone, he's been traded. He's gone, you know, was with the saints traded to the Patriots Patriots traded to the, uh, was it the Rams? And then the Rams traded to the Texans and then the Texans looking to trade him because he was an asset that they were trying to, to pawn off on somebody else to get a draft pick and have more draft picks. I understand right. that, but you know, there's gotta be something about the guy that um, just doesn't sit right with teams and, and maybe he's making a little more noise behind the scenes. And and also the other thing is, we talked about this when he came, when we were on the show together in, what, 2020 or 2019 when he came to the Texans? I don't remember exactly, but uh, his boy, Jack Easterby, was there. Jack wanted him, and Jack got him, and now Jack's gone, and now he's showing a little more boisterous frustration. Oh, well. Yep, so, exactly. So guy you like oh, well. got, got got moved on that they they replaced him. Did, did, I mean, we're you know there are actually going to be people that defend him. For oh this. yeah. Did they, oh yeah, it's no big deal. I safe space or I, I I'm frustrated night off your ass. Well, it's I'm all this right now. It's all this AAU. Uh, you know, player all these screw like player empowerment football. Okay, you know, it. yeah, like it, it's all this stuff where the these kids are coddled all through high school, all through junior high. And this is what we get. I mean, look what we see year in, year out with the NBA. It's just a bunch of coddled babies who, you know, sit games out and, you know, Oh, I need a rest day. Like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you, when you got a mustard colored jacket, come see me. He's a good player, but he's never the number one guy. He is here, but on a bad team, like I said, it ain't nothing personal. He made it personal to his own teammates. He yep. might as well just pissed in their face and told them it was raining. It's a Bush League bullshit-ass move. It's cowardice, and it's weak. And there's not one ounce excuse. And I know players, oh, we support Brandon. We'll welcome him back. Sure you will, because you say that out loud. Yeah. But then, then you know what? Everybody, just, just give everybody, like, give everybody a bye week, even when yeah. it's not a bye week. Hey, you right, three right. guys, take this one off, because you're frustrated, because maybe you didn't get the signing bonus you want, or you didn't get traded. What what a horse's ass decision! Yeah, that's it's let, it's friggin' weak. Let me ask you something about the Texans. In your opinion, player you know, one one six and one, you know, obviously another bad year, and, and things are bad. They had two first round draft picks last year. Went with Derek Stingley and Kenyon Green. This year looks like they could have two top ten picks. Maybe top definitely looks like two top fifteen picks. But let's say their first one, their pick, ends up. At two, right? Okay. Carolina's got one, and a quarterback goes. C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young? Are you taking a quarterback this year, or are you looking at this roster and saying, you know what, we still need more? Maybe I can trade Brandon Cooks. Maybe I can trade Laramie Tunsil in the offseason and get more assets. And let's keep building this with a Will Anderson at two, and take that pass rusher that we think can be as good as, you know, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, Chase Young, those type of guys. Do you do that and then follow up at, you know, 12 with 
Jordan Addison from USC and, and add a weapon to your offense? Do you do that or do you say, you know what? No, well, let's go take Bryce Young and let's move forward. All right. I think they're seven players away from being seven players away. They've got good players, but they're still away. They're, they're, mm-hmm. There's a big gap between them and a playoff team. There just is. Right. I don't care that they play games close. There's a there's a gap. They can't sustain it. Here, here's what I feel. And you know I like Mills. But doing stuff like last night is the reason why you're not crowning him a franchise quarterback midway through the season because every single game there's that one, two, three, mm-hmm. or four decisions. You're like, dude, you have this. They've, they've given you this opportunity on a bad team, and it's hard on a, on a team that's not good. I get it. All that. But that doesn't be compound when you're going down, flutter a ball out there before half and get it picked to change and they pick it up and return it, you know, down there so Hurts can throw a touchdown pass. You just can't do those things. So today, Segs, my belief is if they were drafting today and they were the second pick, I don't think you'd have any choice but to take Levis or Stroud or Young. If you think when you watch them play, no brainer program changer, right? Now, if you're telling me they're three years away and Mills can hold it down and you're going to see him as the team gets better, get better, which should be the natural progression, I, do, do I think that the, the the fourth best quarterback in this draft is 100 times better than Davis Mills? I don't. Now, I think C.J. Stroud and those guys may be at a different, a different level. Mm-hmm. So for me, Segs, I, I'm still willing. I, I want to play the season out because I saw him excel last year and he took a step back and he's there's these moments, but I got to see sustained consistency. I do like the fact that you say, well, if I give him six other players, will we see him flourish if we hold on to this? The question is, does the coach, the gentleman, do they have time to wait three years? And then you look down and say, well, what if in two years you're just good enough to win eight games and not good enough to find a franchise quarterback? You get what I'm saying? Right. So I, I, I think they're in purgatory right now. I do. But to me, if it happened today, I would have to take the quarterback, and I, I don't want to quit on Davis Mills, and I'm not because I think he's a good player. The question is, if I think the second pick of this draft is a program changer, I would have to do it today. The question is, does Nick Casario feel the same way in that front office and the coaching staff? Because I think you got to look long and hard at the coaching staff too, Segs. I do. I, I, I honestly do. I feel it's a For bit sure. archaic. I yeah. do. Without Damian Pierce, I'm not sure what they'd be doing right now. That's the honest to God truth on offense. And and to be honest, I I was, you know, I had both games on last night and, you know, I'm following on Twitter and I'm just seeing, you know, analysts like defensive analysts just blasting Lovey Smith for the type of off or defense he's playing. And, you know, it took me back as a Bears fan back to, you know, 2010, the end of Lovey's reign there in Chicago, where he just wasn't changing anything to fit the newer style of offense back then. I mean, imagine or to match the talent you have, right? Look at the talent you have. Look at where, how far we've come just in the last 10 years, just in the last five years of NFL offenses and lovey's still trying to do the 2006 stuff that works so well, that took the bears to the super bowl and it just doesn't work. And you're talking about archaic and their offense, Pep Hamilton kind of always been that archaic type offensive mind. And, you know, it worked, yeah, when he was They're with Jim Harbaugh at Stanford yeah. and, and yep. stuff like that. But well, because that's what Jim wants to do. It, exactly, off, get under center. That's a, now he's got a yes. quarterback that's doing some different things at Michigan. And Pep Hamilton, they, they, they I mean, they, there's this bend but don't break on offense. Play close to the vest. Bend but don't break on defense. Let's hope we can keep it close. 
let's not think outside the box too much. Listen, I like them both, and I want to give them a chance. But for me, listen, you know who we don't have on this team, Segs? We don't have Brian Urlacher at middle linebacker. Right. Sorry. We don't have Peanut Tillman playing corner. Yep. You don't. You just don't. So <laughs> when you don't have that, I mean, Stingley may end up being that guy, and you got right. Patriot safety. But when your two best players on defense are the furthest from the line of scrimmage, I got we've got a new hence why you're running for 219 yards or pounding them into submission in the no tackling game. So listen, here's what I've always believed: great coaches don't make you adjust to them when you get the job when there's mm-hmm. already a roster set like Lovey had. You adjust to the skill set you have, and this skill set is not good enough to rush for plays zone and hope that you can tackle. You have got to manufacture something and take a few chances and hope that David knocks Goliath out. Okay. And they're not doing enough of it. And it is archaic and he's a good football guy, but you have got to be willing to think outside the box. So if this is what's, and I I get to the point where I don't think they're going to change their, the way they do things. No. So I am, I I, I don't like one and done and two years in a row of it, but I'm telling you, if they don't make improvement, I have to look at, Sean Payton or whoever it is that you empty the paycheck, that you open the checkbook and say, I'm drafting a quarterback or he can do better with Mills. Go give me that guy. Yeah. And I think just like the players, I, I'm, I wouldn't guarantee Lovey's coming back. If I was a general manager, I'm saying you're also being evaluated. And so is your coordinator group, every single one of you. And I mean, you, there may come a time this offseason where Cal McNair has to look at Brian or Casario, Nick Casario, excuse me. Nick Casario, yeah. And and say, you know, what has he really done to help him? Drafted well, but coaching, the the, the coaching coaching hires have been been awful and free agency hasn't been great. And, um, you know, so it's drafted fairly well, Segs, right? Yeah. It's it's bad when three of your top four players, not Laramie Tunsil, are your best players. And that's three rookies and Petrie, Stingley, and Pierce. Like that's not good in the NFL. They are three of, and I can make the argument productive wise. They're as good as Tunsil or as good. I mean, I'm just telling you the three rookies are three of the four best players they have on this team easily period. And while that's fun for the future, it ain't fun now. That's for sure. Exactly. All right. Let's run through, uh, let's run through some teams in the NFL and you tell me if they're contender pretender for a Super Bowl to get to the Super Bowl. Okay, fair enough. Minnesota Vikings. First time I'm going to say this in years, contender. They run it. They throw it. They catch it. They back. Let me ask you this. Is it because of the NFC more so, or is it because you believe in Kirk Cousins? More so the (laughs) NFC, weak. Uh, Two is I like Kevin O'Connell's approach. Yeah. I do. I think that they're far more aggressive than they've been in the past. I mean, it's a – they're not playing – they're – Put him in position, take a shot, quit protecting it, quit padding the stats. If you don't sit there and take a sack, if you got a guy in single coverage, throw the bitch, throw yep. it right. And in truth, I'm watching cousins. There feels to me now, Segs, we're going to ask now they've got a next four or five weeks in November and yeah. just early December are brutal. They, 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 it, it's, it's a tough, we're going to find out just how tough and good they are here coming up. And I know they got Washington, but Heineke's got them playing pretty well. Yeah. We're going to find out just how good they are over the next month. Now, Cousins has played great football this year, but we're going to add, just like Verlander getting his first World Series, and I'm not comparing his career to Verlander's by any stretch, but that, well, yeah, he's got great regular season stats, but 
But there's no excuse. They've gotten better. They're the best team in the division. I'm going to say yes, Segs, and it mainly is the division. I mean, the NFC. Conference, yeah. But I feel like I see a different Kirk Cousins. Now, he could slap me in the face with this, depending on the next month. But I think it's a little different. They're not the first one, but they're, they're in that next tier of teams in the NFL. How about the 5-3 and three Miami Dolphins? Super Bowl contender, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say playoffs, yes, but no. I think they're one more good player or two or draft away from, okay, now they can compete, put even more pressure on. And it's hard to say about a team. I know this. With Tua, they you want to talk about wins above replacement. That dude's been phenomenal when he's played. Um, if we had that, you know, that metric or that analytic in mm-hmm. the acronym in, in football, I'm going to say no. I think somebody a little more physical, but they're they're the type that gets into the round as a wild card segs and beats a good team because they they finessed them to death. One more level for them. I'm going to say not legitimate Super Bowl contender because I think the AFC's tougher. They did get Bradley Chubb in a trade, which and that's going to pay dividends down the road and yeah, paid that, it. And that's what they need. They need that pass rusher. Um, so he'll have to step up and become that yeah, he's guy. He's going to need got, to be a 12 to 15 sack guy. Yes. Right. He got paid like that guy. Uh, the 49ers. <laughs> McCaffrey. I, the, and you're, are you, the, te- are you telling me they're healthy sakes? You tell I, me they're healthy. You just go off. Today, no, you just go off what you Kinlaw, feel. That's, that was kind of what I was thinking with the Vikings too. Dalvin cook seems to always get banged up. You know, yep. Justin Jefferson, uh, Adam Thielen. Smith out 10 to 12 weeks. Yeah, the yeah. defense is always banged up. Um, so, no, you just got to take it all into okay. account. Like, I okay, mean, the, here's what I'm going to tell they're you. They're beat up, I'm and con- they're a team full of guys that normally are beat up. Concerned about the interior defense, you know, the Kinlaw, mm-hmm. Armstead group up yep. front, the front seven. And I'm I'm concerned about uh, – I'm not concerned. I got to see Jimmy make these same throws for an extended amount of time with McCaffrey and Debo and how they're going to deploy. I'll say this, and I'm not sitting on the fence. If you're telling me their bodies are healthy, I'm going to say yes because, again, it's the NFC, and I don't think the West is very good. I still think they're going to win the West even though Seattle's played well. If you're asking me if they're unhealthy and they're kind of going through this all year long up and down, that answer is no. Playoffs, yes. Super Bowl, no. Win healthy, yes. Because I've seen a team with less talent on the 49ers get to the NFC championship game. I think they can when they're fully healthy. It all depends on physicality and quarterback play. Uh, how about the Cowboys? Le- yeah, oh, yeah. I think a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Weapons, How Pollard. Uh, I think that the, I'll tell you, Sags, one, I'll tell you what my biggest concern is, is an extra weapon on the perimeter. They, they they are I mean the Cooks thing would have been nice. They need to me another guy. I I, I don't think they've had a hundred yard receiver yet this year. I think we talked. No, I, I don't think they have. Right. So and they're still doing this, but they are Segs because I can make the argument they're the second best team in the NFC. I can't. And they that. we know Parsons and their physicality. Um, and if they'll commit and make sure Pollard is their leading ball carrier, even when Zeke's on the field, which we Jerry said is not happening. Yeah. I know, which which is absolutely mind-boggling. Jerry shouldn't be making that decision. McCarthy should and mm. Kellen Moore, but it's neither here nor there. We know better. I do think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. I do, and they've expanded their offense now that Prescott's back on the field this year. All right. Uh, does, oh, let me ask you this real quick about the Cowboys. Does last week's game against the Bears, where Justin Fields had a lot of success running the football out of design runs, and, and does that concern you because – 
the number one team in the conference is the Eagles with a guy like Jalen Hurts that can use his legs in the same kind of way. Absolutely, no doubt. There's a if you're not going to be the Brady, throw it from the pocket when they're really good and destroy you on time with accuracy. The next best thing to hurt and, and to offset like a Micah Parsons pass mm-hmm. rush. The next best thing is you have your multidimensional and you have so many different ways to get the quarterback on the edge and still efficient enough with Sanders to run it inside and give it to the back. And now you got home run hitters. So you, if you're going to blitz, you're in trouble. If you're going to play zone, he's making good enough decisions and they can hammer you with the run. There is no question. That is the biggest difference between the two. Can you stop a quarterback who's throwing it efficiently? Like for instance, like if this was new Orleans and my guy Taysom Hill was the quarterback, mm-hmm. I'd say, advantage Cowboys because I don't think Taysom Hill is a consistent great thrower right. but he can kill you running. Hertz is now elevated to where he can beat you throwing the ball but that guy he can run for 120 on the Cowboys if they get carried away yeah that is the difference between the two and I would agree 100 percent Fields showed something that everybody like hmm, if we got that kind of ability is this a Cowboys weakness and maybe get him to over pursue and a lot of misdirection no doubt all right we'll continue right, we'll contender continue. pretender next week Let's jump to college football. Got two major games with Tennessee at Georgia, Alabama, LSU. But let's start with the college football playoff rankings came out for the first time. Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, Alabama. Now, we both had Clemson at six with Alabama at five. The committee has Clemson at four. Um, I understand they have three ranked wins. All three of those wins took a hit last week with the way all three of those teams played. Um And I also, early on, it's more about the eye test, what I see from these teams. I've seen more from Alabama. I've seen more from Michigan than I have Clemson. And, hell, I could make the argument, and I can very much considered putting TCU ahead of Clemson from what I've seen this year. So I just, I think it's the committee giving Clemson the nod because they're Clemson and what they've done over the last eight years or whatever. And they're undefeated, Sig, so they're going yeah. with that card ahead of yeah. ahead of Alabama because they got beat, you know, they right. got hammered in the game, right? So, and you, you made a good call, though, on Tuesday when you said you could see putting Tennessee number one after what yep. they've done. You you had them there. I th- did you put them there on your <laughs> yep. people? Yeah. And, and, and I can't remember a time when the number one team in America is going on the road and is still an eight-point dog. Now, I can understand a yep. one-and-a-half point or three-point on the road. That ought to tell you. And yet, Vegas thinks that George is obviously the better team. Because yep. even if you gave them the home field thing and it was a five-point spread, right? Seg, right, you, right, right. You, you, I mean, you're talking now that they actually think they're beating them by double digits with mm-hmm. the home field advantage, right? If you flip the three points and gave it to Tennessee yep. instead of the home field advantage, the, the truth is with the home field thing, you're actually now saying, you're telling me that, so they're 11 points better than Tennessee. Yeah. Maybe they are, but you made a great call on that because I fluctuated between those two, but I'm with you. I Tennessee, I get it, and I think it's fair they're number one, don't yeah, you? Yeah, just I, with I do. what they've done. I, I... Right. I would go to Tennessee, Georgia, flip them however you want, and my my other four are are um, Michigan, and who did I leave out, Six? Georgia. Michigan, Tennessee, no, Georgia. Ohio State. Ten- yeah, Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, but I'd go – Tennessee, Ohio State, or Ohio State, Tennessee, how I had it, right? Yeah, yeah. You had Tennessee. I had Ohio State first. You had Tennessee first. I'd go, but those two first two, and then I would have uh, Michigan and Georgia as as the other two teams. 
no yeah, doubt about it. Yeah. So those are my four. And then I'd go Alabama and like you said, I could I, I could make an argument for two other teams, but Alabama to fifth, because the eye test tells me Alabama's beaten TCU. And it also tells me that Alabama's beaten Clemson. I would not have Clemson in the top four. Yeah, it just it, it kind of irked me when the when the committee chair, I forgot his name, said, you know, TCU's had trouble stopping people. Well, I mean, Clemson gave up what 45 to wake. They're giving up 21 points a game. It's not like the Clemson of old where, you know, it's nine points a game they're giving up and their defense is just like stupid good. They've got talent, but they're not that defense that they've been in years past. Sakes, here's what I give awesome point by you. Here's what I say to the committee guy back if I'm standing in there. I said, well, let me, or if I'm interviewing him, I say, okay, well, let me go to this. Syracuse, if you're saying what ifs, well, mm-hmm. their defense, they're, they're, they've given up. But let's face the facts. They also score fast and score a lot, yeah. right? So we're supposed to, I mean, Tennessee gave up a bunch of points to Alabama, right. but they score fast and run 20 more plays. So let's slow our roll and they get off the field quick. Time of possession doesn't mean diddly squat to teams who could right. score in four plays, right? Like the Chiefs have been doing in the NFL or Buffalo. But with this, Eggs, I would have said to him, yeah, well, I watched a team that if Syracuse doesn't have two penalties at the end of a game, they win. And you also had to win it with a backup quarterback in Klubnik. So yeah. I, my argument would be, well, here's Syracuse, and I know they're a ranked team and playing good football, and Codino Babers got them going. I, I get all that. But Syracuse in Clemson's building had them dead to rights. Mm-hmm. Well, they fought back hard and won. Okay, but since we're playing the what if, or what if their defense at, at TCU gets a few more stops, I can flip and say, well, what if they don't call the personal foul and the guy doesn't hit him out of bounds yep. you don't get that possession back? Who wins that game? So. Right. I respect Clemson. I don't think they're the fourth best team in the country. And quite frankly, I still don't trust in a huge moment of the best teams in America. I don't think DJ is with Hooker. I actually don't think DJ's with uh, my, my guy at Georgia. Um, why am I losing Bennett. my mind? Yeah, Stetson Bennett. We know he's not young and we know he's not Stroud. And I'll tell you, he ain't JJ either. dude. He's just not. You know what I'm saying? Your guy. Right. So he's a good player. I still think they're going to have to win with two quarterbacks instead of one there. I think Club Bix perform. I don't think he's done having to come in and play. Clemson really good. I don't think they're the fourth best team in America. And, and the difference is compared to, let's just say, last year's Michigan team where you're talking about two quarterbacks, it was a McNamara was in the game taking care of the ball, making his throws, and McCarthy would come in and use his legs. I know DJ can use his legs, but that's not his strength strength. So – Whereas as a true freshman, that was Klubnik is kind of the same way as DJ, in my opinion. So it's kind of two quarterbacks, button heads kind of doing yeah, the same Klubnik, thing. Klubnik's energy with his legs is more <laughs> like JJ than yes. DJ's are. Right. right. So it, it's just, I don't know. It's a weird thing there with Clemson. And do you really honest, think they, they're going to go undefeated? Sakes? Do you think Clemson's going undefeated? I don't. I got to look at the rest of their schedule. I don't either. Uh, yeah. I'd have to look at their schedule as well. I don't. I just think they have that hiccup, but. You know, we're going to have one. We're going to have Tennessee or Georgia lose. Um, and one if of them is going to in Alabama yeah. or the winner of Tennessee, Georgia is going to lose. And listen, I'm not letting Alabama out of the woods against LSU, who's creep, crept their way right. all the way up to 10 with the committee, right? Which Think I about mean, where was they were a little, a little was overrated. Another one of overranked, but hey. I mean, whatever. think about a month and a half, a month ago, they were hovering around outside the 20, right? I mean, yeah. then they get themselves going a little bit and. 
And so I, I listen. And if if Clemson goes undefeated, they're going to the playoff. We we know that. But yeah, the eye the eye test doesn't tell me they're the fourth best team or third best team in America. They just don't. Right. And I, I think it was just last year where three of the f- top four teams in the first rankings didn't make the playoff. Right. So we're right. going to have some turnover. We're going to have teams. And, you know, we don't have a lot of of teams that are, you know, uh, I think considered to be playoff favorites. I, I think it's just a few. And, you know, if you gave me the top seven and just said, give me four of those in the end, I'd be fine with it. But, you know, if we start talking two lost teams, then things just get chaotic. And uh-huh. uh, I don't know which way the committee would go. But we'll see right. what happens. Uh, real quick, who's your winner? We got Tennessee at Georgia. You mentioned Georgia's minus eight. 66 and a half is the over under. Uh, who you got? Uh, am I doing this with spread or straight up? Uh, let's go spread both? and straight up. Yeah, let's do both. Okay. I'm um, taking Georgia at home in a close one. Because now, if this was in Knoxville, I may have a different thought about this because they're going to play. And I would encourage them real quick, Sigs. Tennessee in games like this, sometimes when you haven't tread been have you haven't treaded there much, if you're the head coach, is to play it a little close safer because you want to, oh, we're in this, we're the number one team in the country. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell no. You do what what got you there. Exactly. You take that baton and you go and play as fast as shit and do as fast as I mean a, a downhill the whole time to put pressure and see if Georgia can match you with your speed and the rest of it on offense. So I got Georgia at home close. I got Tennessee with the spread, and I and I I'm gonna take the under. Yeah, I I, I think. Under. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm doing the exact same thing as you. I think Georgia wins, Tennessee covers, and I'd take the under. I'm looking at like a 31-27 style game. You know, I think Tennessee right. will put up some points. I think Georgia will put up some points, and I think Georgia just in the end. Um, They're gonna come in just under the number, and yeah. and I think Tennessee the over under, and I think Tennessee's gonna get inside that number. Bama minus 13 and a half at LSU. LSU. I'm taking LSU. And a half. Taking LSU in the game. Jaden Dan, they've, they've now started to push the ball vertically. Their passing game's picked up. He can disrupt you with his legs, which we've seen. He's got some experience. Uh, it's going to be bad weather the whole time, which could be the great equalizer. Quarterback holds on to the football. Alabama's the better team. I think Alabama wins, but I'm taking I'm taking both underdogs to get inside the spread this week. And if the and if the weather's horrendous, I would take the under. If it's a yeah. if the weather clears up, I'll take the over. Yeah, I I'm right there with you as well. Have her in down. I'd, I'd take LSU plus the points, but Alabama to win outright. You know, you can, yeah, you got to look at sweet weather. Ass, I'm parlaying them too, Sig. This oh, week. for sure. I'm parlaying both of those games with about four different ways, so I can if if I win it, I win it big, and hopefully the dog will take care of their business this week. Yeah, for sure. All right, when we come back next week, we will re-ranked teams because we're going to have a lot of a lot of chaos going on with with teams losing and and teams winning where they should jump to so we'll talk about that all at next week and as always we're brought to you by bet online thank you to them and thank you to believe great stuff brother thank you talk to you next week thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.